That's okay. We forget our names, too. <laughs> yeah, it was last week we were with our kids, and uh, I had to go through all the kids' names to try to get to the right one, so yeah, I understand. But we're Herb and Kim Burkett. Uh, we're glad to be with you today. We're with uh, Send International. That's a mission organization that's out of Farmington, Michigan. We're serving in Ukraine. And uh, over the years, we've just been able to share with you what God is doing there. And we want to just share more what's happening there in the last several years. We are actually your missionaries. Uh, you guys have been a part of our team since the very beginning. Who knows how many years it has been? 18. In 2001, we landed in Ukraine. We left the DeWitt area because we lived up on Chadwick Road um, here in DeWitt. We left for Ukraine with our four young children who were 11, 8, 6, and 4 and have had the privilege of serving in Ukraine um, over the last 18 years. And we just want to share with you a little bit today what God has been doing, not only through us, but also through you as Ascending Church. We often, often think of uh, Matthew 28 uh, when we talk about missions. And in Matthew 28, Jesus shared with us about what his commandment was, is to go and share the gospel to all nations. And that's one of the things I want to emphasize here is to all nations, not just to one, but to many different nations that God wants us to do it. And in this presentation, we're hoping to show with you, show you how God has sent us to Ukraine, but how God is using Ukrainians to reach other parts of the world that Western missionaries can't reach. If we continue to read about Jesus um, before he ascended into heaven in the book of Acts, um, we read as he's telling the disciples that the awaited Holy Spirit is going to come and give, him give them power. But we read, it says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria. Church, we are his witness. Not only here in Lutz, or in Lutz, we're all in Lutz right now. <laughs> Not only here in DeWitt, in the Lansing area, but even around the world, he's given us the privilege to be his witness. It was about 15 years ago that we moved to western Ukraine, Lutz, to help start a church plant there. It started out with 13 people living in, meeting in our living room, and uh, this is our picture of our first picnic that we had as a church, and uh, over the years, it has grown. There's the different goals that we had when we wanted to start the church that we wanted to see developed in the church. One is it grows not only spiritually, people would grow spiritually with Christ, but we'd also see physical numbers increase. And uh, so that's what we've seen. Uh, we've it started out with 13 people, and today the church is uh, over 180 members now at this time. Not only did we want to see the church grow, but the other goal that we had in working with this new church plant was to help the church to understand its responsibility in being a reproducing church. And so we wanted to encourage the leadership to continue to send out teams to plant or start new churches. And in the time that we have been in Ukraine in Gol at Golgotha Church, the church has spent, or planted one church in Lutsk, in the same city, but in a different area. 
They planted a second church in a city two and a half hours south of that, and you'll hear about that a little bit more today. Currently, they are in the process of planting a church in a neighboring village, a village where there is no church at all, a village where they began with a children's program, which moved into not only a children's program, but a small group that met on a weekly basis to study God's word, and they're in the process of starting that church. Um, a body of Christ meeting on a Sunday morning. It's also the aspect of just sharing the gospel throughout the whole world. And uh, that was another theme that started in our church. And just reaching out, realizing it's not just Ukrainians that we want to reach, but we want to go to other parts of the world. And uh, it's been just great seeing how that has happened. Over in that time period, the church that we worked with uh, sent out at least 10 small um, small or sm short-term teams to six different countries and of course we could tell stories about all of them but right in the center you're gonna see a young lady young girl uh, Marfa and I wish Martha could be here because she she has been on several of the short-term teams she's gone to Nepal she's been to India she's been to Kenya twice and she currently is preparing to go back to Kenya where she will be working with an organization that will help take children off the streets. Either children have been kicked out, they've run away, they're living on the streets. Immediately they start sniffing glue and become addicted to that. And so she's gonna be working with an organization that helps these children come off the streets and become reunited with their parents, with their families again. Another exciting, and it was kind of a closure to our aspect of being with a Golgotha church, is the couple uh, here. The, they are from our church in Golgotha, and uh, they are sent out as missionaries in Brazil. They and their children uh, are in Brazil currently, and they started out with just having a small group, developing a small group there. They've, uh, this summer, they've had children's programs there, and uh, the, the emphasis is that they will actually start a church there where there is no evangelistic church in that part of uh, Brazil. And so it's, it's great seeing the blessings that the church has now got a vision of not only doing things locally, but in the region, but now they have a vision that they need to reach the rest of the world. And we just praise God for that. Going back to Matthew 28, how God has commanded us to go to other nations. If you remember when we were here last time, one of the big questions was, Lord, what next? Because we felt that we are our role, our desire was to work ourselves out of a job. The responsibilities of ministries that we had in Lutz, we wanted to pass that on to Ukrainians. And we've actually been able to, this is some of our leadership team from the Church of Golgotha, and um, those people who are taking on family ministry, women's ministry, men's ministry, children's ministry, doing the things that we did when we first started. But the question was, God, where next? And that's where a year ago in May, I believe it was, um, we felt God calling us to a city about two and a half hours south of where we live, to the city of Lviv. So Lviv, uh, like Kim says, a two and a half hours south. Um, it's a large city. Kim grew up in Cass City over in the Thumb. I grew up in Breckenridge, both from farming communities. So Kim was asking me, well, how big is Lviv? And of course, well, you didn't know, so you Google it. And so we came back and was a little surprised, three quarters of a million people. 
Now, yeah. let me interject. When we were living in Lutsk, we thought Lutsk is a huge city, 220,000 people, and we compared it to the greater Lansing area, and we thought, wow. And then when we read three quarters of a million people, it's like, oh, what are we doing? <laughs> Uh, but it's interesting because when the students come in, they say it even gets closer to a million. Uh, students leave, and then in the summertime, we have a lot of tourism come in, and it reaches back to that. But Lviv is a unique city. Um, it's got a lot of character of uh, the history of architect and the cobblestones uh, streets that are there, the narrow streets that are there. Um, that's why a lot of people come as visitors. And uh, But again, how God is using that city and how we're reaching out. And so God has moved us there. Uh, not only Kim and I, but there was uh, two other families from Luke's, from the Golgotha Church, that moved there. And we have the intentions of uh, starting a church. And we'll share a little bit. It's really interesting because one of the things, and we didn't bring a picture up of showing this, but Lviv is filled with lots of beautiful, beautiful churches. Um, Orthodox churches, Catholic churches, many, many churches. And you might think, so why do they need missionaries? Why do they need new churches? Why not? The reason behind that is in the million people that live there, less than 2% understand a relationship. There's a huge difference between having a religion and the aspect of having a relationship. They do not understand when Ephesians we read that um, it is by grace that we are saved, not in our works. So many of the people are trying to work their way to heaven. And yet it's by faith in Jesus Christ, by faith, faith in what God did in sending his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross. And so that is why we're there, to share, to take the gospel to a, a place that's very, very beautiful, but very, very dark spiritually. So when we moved to Lviv, we rented an apartment, and uh, just this is uh, some of the pictures out of our third um, story uh, th apartment that we live in. And uh, of course, we do have snow there, just like we do here. And uh, it's just a great atmosphere that we're in, and God has placed us in a unique position right there in Lviv. Um, we'll talk about the ministries that we're involved there with is church planning, um, and also working with the seminary there. And it's interesting, God has placed us only 10 minutes from the seminary and the future site of the seminary. We're only about 15 minutes, and when we talk about minutes, we're talking about walking. Uh, 15 minute walk to our church plant too. And so uh, Ukrainian uh, Bible Church is uh, started about a year ago. And uh, it's just unique in, in a way of how God has brought that church plant together. Uh, the uniqueness is that we have people from 11 different regions throughout Ukraine, and they have came to Ukraine or came to Lviv um, based on new jobs or coming to school. And uh, it's just a great young group of people that we're working with there. It's um, unique in the aspect, Herb has already said, that it's a young group of people. And one of the activities that we had in getting to know one another, we basically lined up by age, and <clears throat> he was on the end. Um, and that middle age was like she 23. Was the next one. <laughs> the, the, the middle age was like 23, 24 years old. 
And so, again, when our, we were telling our children that, our kids are asking us, like, well, Mom and Dad, um, are you guys the oldest people in the church again? And we're like, yes, again, we are. But um, just the privilege of being able to work with these young people. And um, you can tell, maybe if you could go back one slide, um, some of the things, because we're coming from so many different regions, um, there's a lot of things that we did together. And these pictures just show a little bit. One, we spent a lot of time planning, strategizing. What do we want this church to be about? Who do we want to reach out to? What types of ministries do we want to offer? We spent a lot of time um, getting to know one another. As Herb said, we were coming from 11 different regions, and only one person was actually from Lviv. So we spent time just team building, um, time to get to know to like I said, get to know one another. We spend a lot of time in prayer. God's work does not happen unless his people pray. And we spent that time just to pray for one another, pray for God's work, pray for what God has in store. And we also spent time rejoicing. Last year, uh, two young women wanted to step out in faith they had already received Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, but they wanted others to know, and they were baptized. This past, well, probably three weeks ago, mm -hmm. the church had five more people who took that public step of faith and were baptized, and we are just excited to see what God continues to do in the hearts and lives of men and women. So as the older people in the church, we also were able to uh, be part of a family ministry and uh, having small groups and uh, just be able to meet with couples one-on-one. -on -one. one of the things that was exciting too is right before we came back we worked with three couples on premarital counseling and uh, just working with them and uh, the exciting thing is after the last session they said okay we're getting married over the summer but when we when you come back we want to meet with you and share more and learn how to be Betty better godly husbands and wives and uh, so we're looking forward to that so in in some of these pictures a little Stefana one of my favorite little people um, she's about a year and a half old and she was kind of like our I don't, she was our cookie taster is one of the things we could say but um, I still remember one of the first nights uh, Herb's sitting on the floor in our apartment and he's talking and he's I don't know we were talking about communication or something and all of a sudden, little Stefana, she walks up and she looks at Herb. And by this time, everyone's, no one's listening to Herb at I all. I can tell it. They, I mean, they're they all lost. watching they, her. I lost her. So she walks up and she puts her hand up, pulls her hand back. Next thing, she goes up, second time. By the third time, she just had to touch the top of his head <laughs> to see if his head was like Grandpa's head. And sure enough, it was. But um, you can look. I mean, even in the, the little bit of the corner, we have 25 to 30 women scrunched into our little apartment, excited, wanting to learn from God's word. That is just a little glimpse of the things that we're doing at the church plant in Lviv. So we want to show you this. Uh, since a young church, we have the media, and uh, they have put a video together of what happened over the last year at our church. As we said, the, the church was celebrating one year. This is a picture of uh, where we were meeting in the center of the city. And throughout the time, again, there are times of camp, a time of retreat, a time of just getting to know one another. 
it's also the opportunity of just spending time together, um, going up to the Carpathian Mountains, and as we share there, it's time by the fire, by other times of just sitting by camps or park benches or whatever, I'll just be able to have people ask questions, sharing how God is working in their lives, the struggles that they have. Um, some of them come from families where their parents aren't believers. And how can they work with their parents? How can they show a godly atmosphere to their parents, but also honor them, but also have the parents understand where they're at in their Christian life? some of the stories that they have one of the gals that was baptized last year um, her parents were completely against that step of faith and for a time just completely um, kicked her out if you will and again helping to work through that and wondering what is that all about so that's our life in uh, Ukrainian Bible there was church? music but I think you kind of got the picture of <laughs> you got it that way the other opportunity that we've had is also working with the seminary uh, there in uh, Lviv. Uh, again, like I said, it's only a 10-minute walk. And uh, Kim, you want to share with us about the three different mm -hmm. things? This was something that really Herb and I never thought that we would be a part of. Um, but the seminary, there's three core values that we try to incorporate as we're working with students. Um, first of all, is biblical. Just the fact that our, the, the God's word has to be the foundation of what we're learning, what we're teaching, what we're using, the foundation, the standard in our life, to love God and to love others. And that pours into the second one, being missional. I think it's wonderful that as a group of a body of Christ, we can meet here on Sunday mornings. Um, but what about the people who are outside these walls? And that's one of the things that we continue to encourage and challenge our students to think about, to be intentional, to go out and share the gospel, to be intentional as they're inviting people to ministries that they're putting on, people who have never heard, of, heard about Jesus Christ, um, to, be that, to be missional, to be intentional. And third core is just being responsible. I think that's one of those words that not many of us like, to be accountable. And it's like, I want to say that I'm a responsible person, but if someone's going to ask me about that, I don't necessarily want that. But each of the students that are in the sem enrolled in the seminary, each of the students have a mentor. And that's where one of the areas that Herb and I are involved is mentoring these students, helping them walk in... Um, grow in their relationship, personal relationship with God, but also grow in their area of ministry. So in the classrooms, they're learning the information here, but Kim and my responsibility with other mentors is to mentor these students and move that information that they've gained here into their heart, into their life, mm -hmm. make it a life-changing aspect in their life. But not only there, but how are they gonna change the, in that aspect is to go out and serve people. And uh, that is the main thrust that we have, is to help them work through that process of not only knowing it, mm -hmm. but living it, and then serving it. And that's what we want to do as mentors there at the seminary. I have an opportunity to work in the women's ministry program. Um, initially, the pastor that had invited me to come, he asked me, he's like, Kim, are you going to teach? at the seminary? And I'm like, no, oh, no, 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 I'm not, uh, no, I, I'm not going to teach. Do you know how many times I've said no? And God said, ah, I have a different plan. I'm teaching. <laughs> um, but what a privilege. What a privilege it has been to walk with these women. 
to encourage them, to challenge them. Some of the ministries that they are involved in, um, typically, typical Ukrainian church, the traditional, tra very traditional, traditional Ukrainian for church for women, it would be you can teach Sunday school, a prayer ministry, sing in, or direct a choir, and that was it. And so, again, trying to encourage these women to step out and start something new, and they're doing that. Yes, I have women in the, in the program that I mentor that are involved in children's ministry, camping ministry, choir, prayer, women's ministry. Yes, and they're growing and what that means and how, how that looks. But I also have women who are stepping out in faith, starting a ministry where I have a couple of women who are starting a ministry where they feed the homeless underneath a bridge. And in doing that, they also share the gospel. I have a couple of women who are taking the gospel to the elderly. They're going into a nursing home to share the gospel with the people who are there. Now, I know your thoughts have immediately gone to the nursing homes that you think of in Michigan, right? Erase that. You have to completely erase that thought because the conditions and the, the facilities that are there are nothing like what we have here. These are facilities that are dark, they're dingy, people are left there and forgotten about. And yet these women are seeing those people who are not seen and they're going in to share the gospel. Um, I have women that are working with what we would consider like a crisis pregnancy center, working with women who have already had an abortion. So they're, again, stepping out in faith, reaching out into a very dark, lost world to share the gospel. Another thing that uh, we have at the seminary that it's exciting is Kim and I are able to share with the international missions program and working with the students there. Um, so they, they enjoy us because the, the, the international students have, uh, international mission students, have a questions for missionaries. So since Kim and I are missionaries, they love asking us questions about what it is it like to be a missionary, living in a different culture, living here in Ukraine versus your family being back in the States. How do you deal with that? Just many, many different questions they have. Oh, just even one of the girls that would, would ask me a question, she says, what is it like flying on an airplane? And I realized this is the first time she's left the country, the first time in her life that she's going to fly. And so you just walk her through the process on that. So we've had a lot of opportunities. But just the excitement that they share, uh, one of the pictures there is the group there. And that's one of the things as the mentoring program and uh, time of sharing, we have two nights that we get together after classes and we walk through some of those things. And we have them also share what they've done if they've went on a short-term missions trip and just the excitement that you see in some of the, the uh, students' lives. And we understand that not all of the students that are enrolled are going to actually be missionaries in a different culture. We encourage that each of them have a practicum that they have to do outside of their home culture, but we also encourage them as they go back to their own churches to um, talk about missions so that they can be a church-like redeemer who's praying for missionaries, sending missionaries, supporting missionaries. They can be, um, again, like you have the opportunity here with Michigan State in your back pocket, in back door. There are so many international students who are coming in to be able to invite them into your home. So we're encouraging our students to befriend foreigners, students, so that, again, for the purpose of loving them and sharing the love of Christ. But they also go on 
trips, doing their practicums. Um, from Victor and Ivanka, who spent their time in Nepal with their two young boys and seeing God's faithfulness as they were having to deal with a serious illness while they were in a, a strange country. Um, to Vitalik, who I don't think that there's a taxi driver in Lviv who has not heard the gospel. If he's been in his, their taxi, they've heard the gospel. My favorite, though, is a story of uh, Tanya and Yulia, the two gals in the center. They, came, they, were in, they went to a country in Central Asia um, where it is illegal to talk about Jesus Christ, to pass out Christian literature, to do any of that, and yet that was the purpose that they were there. They joined a team, and they were in the center of the city, and they were canvassing the city, meaning that they were going out two by twos and just interacting with the people. And if people were interested, passing out some brochures or a Bible when they could. As they were in that part of the city, they looked across to another part of the square, and one of their team members who had Bibles in his backpack was stopped by the police. And Tanya, I remember coming back to our home and sharing this. She says, you know what? I know, I know we serve a God who opens the eyes of the blind. But that day, I also saw that we serve a God who closes the eyes of the police. And she went on to say that that policeman took the backpack and he opened the backpack and started rummaging through. And they knew that if caught with Bibles in their backpack, there were two, two things that could happen. One, immediately thrown into prison, or secondly, immediately deported from the country. And so Tanya and Yulia began praying, Lord, close his eyes, close his eyes. And sure enough, the police opened the backpack, rummaged through, closed the backpack, and handed it back to the young man. And she has, Tanya's heard some of these stories. But to have it happen to her own life, just how contagious to see the mighty hand of God protecting his people in that situation. In hearing these stories and seeing the things that are happening there, um, it's amazing how the students have went to different parts of the world. Uh, on this map, there's a picture of uh, the yellow is Ukraine. Uh, the blue are countries that the students have already went into. And as a mission organization, we are seeing that Ukraine has a vision, and they're starting to see a vision of reaching the other parts of the world. And we're hoping and we're praying that Ukrainians will be the next thrust of sending missionaries out to other parts of the world. Going especially in, the former Soviet. Especially the former Soviet, because they used to be part of the former Soviet Union. So they can easily go into other countries where it's harder for Kim and I as Western missionaries to go into those countries. They're going into countries where there's uh, Islam. They're going into countries where there's Buddhism, Hinduism, and uh, very close countries the, of allowing Western missionaries to go to. And so we're just hoping that God will open up the floodgate of Ukrainian um, believers that they would be going out to other parts of the world. And we just ask you to pray. Pray for them. Pray for us as we head back mid-September. Um, there's a colleague of ours gave us a great acrostic. And he said, pray peanut butter and jelly. It's like, what? Peanut butter or peanuts. Protection. Pray for protection. There's a lot of traveling that goes along on. But even more so, we have an enemy. 
We have an enemy who does not want the gospel to go forth. And we just ask that you would pray not only physically for physical protection, but for spiritual and emotional protection. For boldness. Pray that we would be bold in sharing the gospel with others. Pray that we would be bold as we encourage and challenge the students that we're working with, as we encourage and challenge the people that are in the new church plant, that we would speak as Christ would speak, with love and, and compassion, but also in boldness. Um, the next one, abiding in Christ. I, ha- I can imagine that you are like we are, and we can be distracted by so many things that are going on in the world. Pray that our roots, that our whole foundation will be rooted in Jesus Christ, that we would abide in him, keeping our eyes focused upon him. And finally, that last one, that joint unity. Do you know that that's exactly what Jesus prayed before he went to the cross? He prayed that there would be unity among the disciples. He prayed that there would be unity among us, his children. And we just ask that you would pray, first and foremost, that there would be, continue to be unity between Herb and I, that we would be an example of a married couple, that example of the bride and the church. Um, but even as a new church planter in the seminary, that again, that there would be a unity. But on a personal basis... You could also pray for uh, a vehicle. We're looking at updating our vehicle there. It's been uh, many different miles there. The roads are pretty rough there in Ukraine. If you think Michigan's bad, come to Ukraine. We'll show you some experiences there. And uh, so we're looking at replacing that vehicle. Also for our house uh, in Lutz, where we were at before, uh, that guy would just be able to bring the right buyer along to sell that house so we don't have to worry about that and we can continue focusing all of our energy in uh, Lviv. And finally, probably one of my favorite slides, pray for our kids. I know many of you have children scattered around the United States, maybe even scattered around the world. Um, and our children are scattering. We have Josh and his wife, Michelle, our oldest son, they're down in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, our daughter and her husband, Solomon, a daughter, Ashley, and her husband, Solomon, are in Austin, Texas. And our youngest son, Jacob, is in Anderson, Indiana. And um, we are just so thankful for the time that we have been able to spend with most of them. We'll spend some time with our daughter and her husband in a few weeks. Um, But just pray for them as goodbyes are hard. Pray for this mommy's heart because they're hard. And yet, and yet... We praise the Lord in the fact that we see our children, they're walking with God, and they're serving where God has called them to serve right now. And we are being faithful in walking with God. And, sir, we are going to be serving where God has called us to serve. And um, so if you think of us and if you think of them, continue to be praying. If you want some more information, we have our prayer card in the back on the table. You can just pick one up and uh, grab it. If you want to be part of our newsletter, you can sign up there. Um, But again, we appreciate the the partnership that this church has had, Redeemer, uh, not only in prayer, but financially helping us out. We really appreciate that. And it, it also reminds me of what Paul wrote to Philippians. He said, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So we thank you for that partnership, a partnership with us, but a partnership in sharing the gospel to people in Ukraine. 
and how that is now rippling effect going out from Ukraine to other parts of the world. So let me just pray. God, thank you so much for this day, a day that we can come and worship you, a day that we can see that you are moving in other parts of the world, that you are working in individuals' lives, just like in Ukraine, just like here. God, I just pray that you would bless Redeemer, that they would continue to reach out into the community, that people's hearts would be changed, their lives would be changed, to, to come to know Jesus Christ personally. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.